1: there and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast my name is Kellen Olson live from a hotel room in Milwaukee Wisconsin joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman live from his place of residency in Phoenix Arizona hello Kevin
0: hello how are you how's Milwaukee I'm
1: good man I'm getting through uh the time difference for sure had some travel difficulties last night that uh that kept your boy up late at night uh, and and getting up early, so like I didn't really sleep all that much. So I'm hoping that that'll be my way to like reset uh, because I'm flying out directly. Like I think 7 a.m. local time the morning after game uh, game four, which is an eight o'clock start here. So we'll need whatever sleep I can get for that. But I can also sleep on the plane, you know. I'll be good. But you know, it's it's just good to have the sleeping schedule in order when you can, Kev. You know, it's always good. What was worse, Kellen,
0: Um, Josh kissing Amy on Love Island or the Sun's performance tonight?
1: Wow, we haven't talked about Love Island on here in a hot minute. You've been you've been holding back, but uh, glad it's back. Have no idea what you're talking about on the former. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the what did you say? Their effort is that what you said?
0: Just their performance, but I
1: their performance. Yeah, I'm
0: like pretty sure it was a lot an effort problem.
1: Me too. I was my view of the game watching it up close was that in the first 18 minutes or so or or 16, I was like, okay, their defense isn't sharp right now, but it's not bad. And then it got bad, which is weird, Kevin, strange, because. The thing about this team is that usually they hit this gear defensively in the middle quarters, and the middle quarters of this game is when they got absolutely smoked. Um, I'm sure someone is going to take the angle tonight of just those two runs at the end of the uh, second and third quarters being the difference in the game, which is what I, I included it, but I, so I but I don't know the exact num- m- number in terms of how much the Suns were outscored by in the last five, six minutes of each quarter, whatever it was. But to me, Kevin, the numbers that kept popping up were – uh, second chance points, points off turnovers, and fast break points. At the half, the Bucks, if you combine those three together, were up 29 to two, which I just saw with Sports Center on the background right now. I didn't know this, that they played a clip of Monty Williams at halftime that just he was telling the guys, they're just outworking us right now. It's not really that cut. It's not really that all uh, complex. They're just outworking us. And I, I wrote this, like, I know you can look at Booker shooting. Performance, you can look at DeAndre not getting a shot attempt or only one shot attempt in the last like nine minutes of the second quarter after they got the ball so often. But it's one of those things, Kevin, where you've watched so many basketball games and basketball games at this level. You see the way Chris and DeAndre are rolling and the way it feels like the offense is cooking. Then you look at the scoreboard and see that they're only up three. You're like, okay, something is going very wrong inside this game that isn't as apparent right now. And for me, once I looked at those three categories, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> you could like this needs to change immediately or they cannot win this game. And it, it it didn't, Kevin. They just couldn't figure it out.
0: Yeah, I think, man, I think I tweeted sometime at the end of the first or early second, like this isn't like the game three of the Lakers of the Clippers series. And then that was just jinxing and wrong. Um they just kind of fell off a cliff and that's kind of unlike what they've done. Like they've had bad games and you can kind of tell they're off and they hang in and hang in and then just go South. But this one, it went South in a hurry. And I think to me, even in that third quarter, there were just blown defensive possessions where like Mikel was dying on every screen. Chris Paul was just getting attacked. Um, would play good defense and then he would just not not box out Giannis like just not even try and so I I don't know it was just one of those where you want to throw it away but also obviously you can't because it's the NBA finals and you're playing a guy who just put up a second 40 point game and he really did change the kind of momentum in that second quarter really. I mean, I, I can say it's the Suns' effort, but he really put it down and just took over again. And I, I think if you're the Suns, you can feel good in saying, okay, we just we just have to come back together. Book got his rest in the fourth or whatever that was, and we play for another day. But Giannis is rolling right now. And you know, Drew Holiday got a little confidence late in that game. Chris Middleton didn't play terribly. So it's kind of a little worrying from the just you gave them confidence. You let them back in the series. I didn't think it was going to be a sweep. I didn't I don't know if it'll be five games even, but just giving them that confidence where, you know, you have an injury or more foul trouble in another game and suddenly you're in trouble.
1: Yeah, the timing of it is is really spot on, Kevin, with with that point in terms of just with the way Middleton and Holiday, I was surprised looking at their shooting numbers over the first two games that they were shooting 40% combined. It felt like 4%, honestly, with the way that they were just so out of rhythm and just so out of place on the offense, it felt like in the first two games. And the two of them just looked cool as could be, just really relaxed, finding the right shots from what I could see. And I'll be curious re-watching the game back, seeing it from those angles, if if I agree with that sentiment tomorrow, which I, which I think I will for the most part, but what's going to stand out for me on that, too, is I think everything that you're talking about, Kevin, just kind of goes back to this is a very flushable crap sandwich kind of game, but just having one of those in the NBA Finals is is brutal sometimes and, and can really look if I, I don't want to start being this person and being negative, but saying if the Suns go on to lose this series this is the game you're going to look at in terms of like they just – not necessarily that they gave this one away, Kevin, but the things that they weren't doing that you talked about in terms of um, going over screens, boxing out, all that kind of stuff. Losing a game primarily because of that stuff is, is how you can easily like lose, lose a series in, in the playoffs in general is just giving one of those games away. And the important part inside of that, Kevin, was that Milwaukee's big three all played really well. Middleton and Holiday found a rhythm. Giannis again looked unstoppable. So now their big three together is all rolling. And, and it and a lot of it just came via, again, the, the effort stuff. And not necessarily in, in terms of just effort, but effort and execution is the way that I would phrase it, I think.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just weird that effort is a is a problem right now, I guess. Um because you could also go and look at DA's foul trouble and look at like James Jones's 15th and 16th, most important decisions this season and say, he didn't get a backup center. He drafted Jalen Smith and didn't draft someone who's usable right now. And that those two things related or not kind of mattered in the NBA finals. Like when you look at it, you have no center? Um, Dario goes down. You have no center still. Um, So, I'm not saying that like we should just jump on James Jones for that, but I'm saying like, that's what we could be pointing the thing at if it wasn't for effort and execution. Um, And and those things again are, are things you think you should show up in the finals that should show up in the finals. So I I don't know where to take that game. Um, I I think there were a lot of positives as far as, you know, DA was really rolling until he got into foul trouble. Um, He, honestly could have been on a 30-20 game, how good of he was playing. And Giannis just um, decided he's going to not let that happen by getting him in foul trouble and, you know, give the Bucks credit for all of that. They played really well today. Um, Bobby Portis, I think, was a huge, huge piece for them, just taking advantage of their small lineups, just killing the boards offensively too. He was a plus 19. So there are a lot of little things, but just – Man, the, the Dario thing. I, I think Dario would have been really important on this night.
1: Will you be surprised to hear me say that the second biggest responses from the crowd were to Bobby Portis outside of Giannis? Yeah, so I kind of that. I didn't... <laughs> crazy they're training bobby every five seconds and i'm like you have pj tucker chris middleton like brooke lopez drew all you have all these awesome players and no shots at bobby portis who does certain things well and and a lot of that is just effort and being a tough guy and and that's what a crowd loves of course but it was weird i was like what's going on here
0: i get it i get his big eyes like just going to fight everyone like energy i kind of get it from like their
1: point of view yeah yeah, I, was,
0: I didn't
1: know that was a thing. Um, me neither. I was I was very surprised. I was looking around like what's going on here. <laughs> um but yeah, Kevin, to that point, the Suns shoot forty eight point two percent from the field, the Bucks shoot forty seven point eight percent, and this game just wasn't close in the end. Um so the team shoot even what went wrong, that was it. The most concerning part for me, Kevin, of this entire game, I think would be that. The Bucks' ability to generate offense and a lot of that went back to those big three. Uh, we didn't really mention numbers here. Giannis had 41, 13, and six. I'm going to highlight the six assists because Drew Holiday had nine of them to go with his 21 points and five rebounds. And then Chris Middleton had six assists of his own, 18.7 rebounds. So those three guys combined for 21 assists. And the Suns in the playoffs are averaging to give up only 20.2. Over the course of a game, they gave up 18 in the first half. The Bucks finished with 28. And for a team to just have the ball zip and move like that and just create open looks, I was baffled. I'll have to look at cleaning the glass and look at the game again tomorrow, see how many corner threes they got. But it just felt like kicking it out to an open shooter when it wasn't what the Suns had in mind for what they were giving up, essentially. That's what it looked like, at least to me on the first go. I was very surprised. That was a not something I'm, I'm used to seeing. Um, I, yeah, you mentioned Deandre. He was, he was awesome. Chris was, it was like, okay, here's the latest layer of the sun's offense. Chris is just going to be a killer really early and Deandre is going to be the focal point in it. And it looked great. Um, for, from a concern level though, uh, Kevin, it, does it go beyond anything else for you in terms of like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have a flush a flush game like that in, in the NBA Finals or anything at the root of it? Uh, this team has always bounced back. Well, Game Three against the Lakers was a disaster. They're they're, they're now one and three in Game Threes. They are three and zero oh in Game Fours. Um, are are you your concerns mounted beyond anything else? Not really. I think
0: we haven't seen both teams play well. <laughs> Um, at the same time, um, for stretches, definitely there have been. But the Suns obviously have won the first two. But if you just look at it from this standpoint, McKell had, I think, by far his worst playoff game. Book had by far his worst playoff game. Frank had by far his worst playoff game. Tory Craig does not look healthy at all. Um, campaign ar- uh, arguably probably had his worst playoff game. He had seven and four, I guess, so bad shooting night. Um, So I I think there's just, if we all say every player plays well on both teams, like I think it'll be really even and a good series. And we just haven't had that. And I know that basketball doesn't work like that necessarily, but um, we've had some really hard extremes, both with Middleton and Holiday and today with Book and um, even CP in that second half, I thought was not good. And obviously, D.A. just not playing has changed the whole game. Um, we we should mention Cam Johnson, again, had an awesome game. Um, dunk aside, like, he, he was just everywhere. He was trying on the boards. Um, I get that kid being James Jones's draft pick now. Like, that's – he's just playing the best he's played, I think, um, and consistently, and those other guys – on this team that have got to kind of just follow the lead, even if you're not putting up big numbers, just playing solid, not making mistakes, mistakes, that kind of thing. I
1: I don't know if this is part of my brain being extremely compromised by the decade we watched prior to this, Kevin. So uh, bear with me in terms of the point I'm trying to make here. So I can't tell if it's the, if it's the most difficult or most simple way to watch a young player when you watch them have flashes quote unquote and we like to use the word flashes with a young player because it shows they are capable of doing this thing but what comes next of course is them consistently doing it and that flashes can get tricky of course because you don't want to give uh, like you don't want that to like really factor into a player's value when you're going off of just flashes like you need to see things consistently happen but what can happen is You can see Cam show flashes of being a a real good defender last year. You can see him show flashes of doing stuff off the dribble, finishing at the rim, passing, things like that. Like you just saw flashes of a lot of things, and now the flashes are just all coming together. Kevin, like he's just a not only just a, a good player, but I would just like a really good player. He's very good and would start on at least half the teams in the league, right? When you look across, they've referred to him as a sixth starter a lot this year. And I know at the start of the year, that was him and Dario. That's the way they were looking at their depth, saying we have two guys who would easily start on a lot of other teams. Uh, Dario, obviously, you feel differently about that now, but Cam, you feel even stronger about it um, right now. And in that game, it was just a little bit of everything, right? He was he was very good and is, is just a really important part of this team and such a luxury because... As you mentioned, Mikel, I think undoubtedly that was his worst playoff game just from a confidence standpoint. That was back to some of the stuff we've seen from him in his first three seasons where he's tentative. Offensively, that was why Monty wasn't playing him that much at the start of last season. But for him to just be able to like look at another really good young wing on his bench and be like, all right, you're just going to play 10, 15 more minutes tonight is, is something. It, it's crazy that they have him, and he's going to have a lot. He's going to have a couple more moments in the series for sure.
0: Yeah, like I said... His his coming out party lately, unfortunately for Mikel, might make the Suns a little apprehensive and be like, okay, we're going to wait this out and see, um, instead of just being like, here's all the money, you know. Um, I, I think that matters. And, yeah, I mean, he's been so solid. I know he's a completely different player than Mikel. Um, value-wise, obviously, is not guarding the most important guy every night, but... When money comes into it, those things are in the back of your mind if you're a GM, I'm sure. And I'm, I, you know, you would hope that you have the tough decision where Mikel's going to bounce back because obviously he's coming off his best game, um, which is crazy that he had the best and the worst. So I, I think that's kind of the story of this game, too. It's just bad games for a lot of people. And you, you just hope that you took the rest and you do something with it.
1: So let, let's take out the automatic um entry here in terms of previewing game four and looking ahead and saying because there's a laundry list of items here in terms of what the reasons the Suns lost and what was concerning and all that kind of stuff, yada yada. Um let's just take out the 5050 ball as part of it because that's obvious, like the effort part of that for sure. Um but you can say defense still and, and things like that. I want I just want to ask you what is the number one thing that has to change from this game going into game four, you've got book struggles as well. You mentioned Chris being targeted defensively, which I'll, I'll have to see uh, watching it through again tomorrow. What comes to mind for you is the thing that has to change for them on Wednesday, I think is when game four is. Yeah. Wednesday.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think defense, it's an effort problem. And I think that can be corrected without any big scheme things. I think, you know, DA being not, but DA being on the court is going to help stop Giannis a little better. But honestly, like, man, the offense was a mess, even though they shot decently. But I, I think the offense was a mess from a Chris Paul was walking it up partially because they were putting pressure on him. But he talked about that, like, at the beginning of the series, I think, where it was just he, they wanted him to push the ball up faster and there were plays where he wouldn't get off his first pass in a set until 12 seconds or left. And that's just not going to do it. Um, that's old school basketball that I, I know he's been successful, but it just doesn't work well. And this team plays better at a faster pace and they just never got downhill and gotten those guys into foul trouble book, never got downhill. Chris Paul kind of got downhill a few plays, but that was more just the bucks are like fine with that. Um, so I think just playing aggressive offense, not being tentative. Um, it wasn't just Mikel. It's, it's attacking. It's drawing fouls, making the refs. There, there was a period in that third quarter where it looked like they were foul hunting and it was like, Oh, that's good. They're, they, they know how to like kind of like just fight back when the things aren't going right. But it, it kind of just stopped right after DA got that fourth um in the third quarter so I, I just think being aggressive on offense pushing the pace, is my big thing
1: I agree um uh, do you read anything into the free throw lines by the way I mean it's Giannis; like he's gonna have 17 free throws it's
0: I didn't think any of the fouls were terrible but most of them came because they were undersized or getting beat on the boards um and that, that's, that's how you be aggressive. I, I don't think the refs were like Scott Foster had bad calls again, but I, I think that when you look at the 20 point deficit, it's though, all those fouls were aggressive. The Bucks earned those, they were driving into the lane and that kind of stuff. And I think DA, I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at his fouls, but I, I just think that's an aggressive thing. And the Suns were not aggressors in this one.
1: No, they weren't, and, and to for me to also kind of go the more cliche route, and, and, and instead of like X's and O's, I'll, I'll just say, poise in general. Uh, we we didn't mention this yet. We, with outside of Bobby Portis' chance, of course, Kevin, that this crowd was a legitimate factor in this game. The crowd, the opposing crowd on the road, was not something the Suns really had to deal with that much. The Nuggets' crowd is is a decent one, but they kind of knew the series was over and with the way game threes game flow just kind of unfolded, there were only little brief moments in there where the crowd could get involved. And then obviously in game four, they knew the series was done. Uh The Lakers didn't even have a, like they had half their crowd in there for that series. And then the Clippers fans uh showed up late, which is really, really um not their fault because it's a 6 PM start in LA where traffic's awful. So when they were getting in there though in like second, third quarter, they're making a decent amount of noise, but nothing too crazy. And then even when the Bucks like stands themselves in terms of seeing uh, fans in the stands, I would say like maybe forty to fifty percent of them were in their seats when the Bucks came out for for layups and, and those most of them were walking around. But the crowd the noise that they made when the Bucks came out for the layup lines and stuff was louder than anything I had heard on the road prior to that. And to that point, to go back to Poise, just Mikel playing that way, DeAndre's fourth foul, ninety seconds in the stagnating offense. Something you mentioned. That's probably my number one concern, X's and O's wise, because if they can't get going offensively like they did in the Clipper series for some extents or for some stretches, that's a really big problem for them uh, if they can't produce offensively. But to that point again, Poise and all that kind of stuff, like getting lost in the crowd and a big another big run coming that's where you can like have a couple of bad offensive possessions in a row and start to just lose your rhythm as a whole. And then you lose the game there. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to, do you want to say anything else? Sorry. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) No, I was going to agree with you, but yeah, it's, I just think offensive flow wise, like that Clipper series. They got too obsessed, I guess, with getting downhill one-on-one looks hunting for matchups and they did that against Denver well because that's Denver and that's Facundo Campazo and those guys. Um, but you're not going to do that against the Bucks team. Um, you need to just – I think they need to go to that last – I think it was the closeout game against the Clippers where they just had book coming off screens, just a lot of action where he's catching the ball on the move. And I, I think that's the offense they need to kind of go back toward
1: hundred percent. Yeah. That's been the great, I don't want to say battle and it hasn't been a humongous, um, humongous factor at all, but it's been a very interesting thing to watch the, okay, when is Monty going to call a set here? When is Chris just going to run what Chris thinks is best out there? That's always been a thing where most of the time. Monty's letting Chris go and, hey, hey, Kevin, that works out pretty well because Chris Paul is a genius and he's an incredible basketball mind, an incredible basketball player. Yeah. Also, in inside of that, you can kind of lose flow, and that must be such a – it's immensely difficult what he does, knowing that, like that he runs most of the offense in that kind of way, and that's where, again, like that must be so difficult and, and hunting mismatches when it works really well, but then going away from it when you realize it's not working too. You know what I mean? So I think that that balance and just the offensive rhythm is, is a big thing uh, going forward for game four. All right, buddy. Uh, well, I'm going to try and uh, put on, put on clone wars, laugh at more dumb bots and, and get some sleep. Uh, two days off in between games, Kev boy, is it nice to take like a full day to like digest a game? You know, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. it It's going to be a long stretch because we're going to have to deal with injury stuff and, Eh. it's fun though. We'll, we'll enjoy these games and these days, I guess. Um, Cause then you have to do the draft by the way, Kellen, have you looked at the draft prospects for this year?
1: I was talking to Gina, Myzel, and Cody Cunningham uh, from Suns.com about this, whatever allotment of days we have, I think I'm literally going to just watch a prospect for the first time on like certain stretches and go from there. So whether that takes me a week or, or two days, I'm going to watch a prospect for the first time. And that's going to be my extent of watching them. I'm yeah. going to watch, watch highlights, read about them and then watch a game or two of theirs. And then that's going to be it. I think that's all I'm going to do. I do. I know like 20 names. That's it. I don't, I know like three that are in the sun's range and that's because they were in the draft last year at some point. So <laughs> yeah, I know the kid from Illinois, the point guard, he's not bad. I like him. I don't know how to say his name though. I'm not going to try. What's your draft grade for the D-backs? B plus, A minus. No, they lost oh. worse than the Suns did yesterday. Remember back in the day when you knew your prep shortstops, and now you're just slacking all the time, just <laughs> not getting down your high school prospects in time for the MLB draft. That's sad, man. Hey, if the Used Suns draft, so
0: hard. if the Suns draft Aodasunmu,
1: I'm all oh, for. Oh, the 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 name. That's his name. I knew that. I knew that. Totally did. All right, everyone, have a good start to your week. We will be back midweek, and if you're over there freaking out, I meant to say this at the beginning, but holy crap, they've had a lot of game threes like this. Take it easy. It's it's completely (laughs) okay. Take a breather. It's all going to be fine. Kellen promises he's going to stop talking in third, first, second person, whatever he's going for here, and he's going to sign off the podcast now. Goodbye.